All right, hello, and welcome to another episode of Finding Peaks. I think it's a lot of Finding Peaks, so if this is your first one, you've got some catching up to do. Um, I'm joined uh, today on my left, uh, Chris Burns and my friend. Hello, everybody. Uh, and what is your title? Um, well, I'm the president and founder, but we've been working on some other titles. It yeah. was cheerleader, uh, motivational specialist. Motivational specialist, Chris Burns, uh, living to up here. to that title often. Happy to be here. And to my right, I'm very honored to have uh, Madeline Padilla, an admissions specialist for us here at Peaks. Um, and I think actually more importantly, uh, an alumni of Peaks. Yeah, um, yeah. And I can't have an alumni on this show and not kind of ask about your experience at Peaks from a personal perspective. And, um, and it kind of when we were talking about beforehand, we don't really need to talk about the problem that brought you to Peaks, but I'd love to hear kind of what your first impressions were. Uh, let's start there. Sure. As you walked um, in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was a bumpy ride. It was a winding road. Um, there was no part where I felt like things were easy um, or simple or like I was going with the flow. It felt like it was a lot of paddling uphill until it wasn't anymore, you know, and a lot of people were around me supporting that process. Um, just letting me kind of find my own way. I've been described as strong-willed in the past. Really? <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. I don't know. Seriously. I don't know where it comes from. Yeah. Strong-willed um, in the past. And you have to roll with that. You cannot roll against that. And if at any point I had felt that people weren't rolling with, with me, around me, wrapping around me, that just wouldn't work for me mm -hmm. personally. I know that. So mm. that, that's, it was a bumpy ride. Yeah, yeah kind of that idea that like... <laughs> Walking with you and not in front of you. That's correct. Yeah. 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 That's a beautiful thing that I got to experience with you. And, and it is it is that energy that you don't want to come up against and say, don't do that. Stop. No. We really roll with that because I think that's something that makes you very unique and special mm -hmm. as a professional. Mm -hmm. um, and you don't want to lose that zest, that spark, that passion. And so if you can kind of work with it, then you get the result that's sitting in front of us today, which is a woman in long term recovery with integrity and grace mm -hmm. and a phenomenal professional. Wow. Yeah. Do you, do you, like, what moments, when you think back on your time in Peaks, what moments stand out for you? <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> Good or bad? Okay, well, I have, I have several. Um, one, right after kind of the, the detox process. I was, I was detoxing off of opioids, so it was, it was rough. It yeah. was not easy. And I got bronchitis at the same time. Uh, you may remember yeah. this. And I had my rescue inhaler, and I, I slammed it down somewhere, and I'm like, today's the day I'm leaving, because I, I did my detox, and I still feel bad. Of course, I felt bad. Yeah. I had bronchitis, right? Yeah. But yeah. I'm like, they, they failed me in some way, or what? This is BS, right? Yeah. So I take off off the property, and um, Kara Hinkle, who's been on the yeah. show, I'm sure, before, yeah. um, she came rolling down in the van, just frantic, looking all over, and she said, are you okay? And I said, I know you want me to come back, and she said, I'm not worried about that. You left your inhaler. Wow. I said, well, you're, get away from me. You know, you're harassing me. But also, come here and give me that. You know what I mean? Give me that. And she wasn't trying to tell me what to do. She didn't tell me I was wrong. She said, I'm worried about you because of the bronchitis. If you're going to go, please take this with you. Mm. Dang. I never knew about that. Yeah. No, I didn't either. That's, That's a great cool. one. Yep. And I told her she's harassing me. Get away from me. After you're you know, harassing me. <laughs> And then tell yeah, us, tell us awesome. what do you remember from later in your treatment? Oh my gosh, um, I, I mean like, I don't know, hope, I guess, that, that maybe things could be different. I mean, it took a really long time for me. My, my biggest fear walking into Peaks was that it was going to work. 
I mean, I was so scared. I was like, if I, if this, I can pull this off or something actually shifts here, what does that mean for me later? Mm-hmm. What does that mean for me five years from now? What does that mean for me? And that was like inconceivable. That was a tough, I don't know, a tough way to. Why, why was that so scary? I, I do think that there's an element of like you, you have the life that you think you're worth and you're good with that. You know, yeah. and I was good with that. I really was okay with that. Um, and other people seem not okay with that. <laughs> and I was like, why are you not okay with that? It's my life, you know, and I couldn't, I could not recognize the potential. I just could not um, at that time. But other people seemed to, mm. and they kept telling me things, you know, different things, like they could be this way, or like uh, Rachel Tapp, you know, she used to tell me every day, like, you're going to help a lot of people. I'm like, you're, you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I thought, boy, I thought two things. I said, you know, she's blowing smoke, you know, or I fooled her. Like, I really tricked her. I got her, mm. you know? And then the things that she told me would be true, they happened. They really did. And that's, uh, that's all I have to say about that. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, it's interesting, too. When you, in, in that old lifestyle, I love what you said there because we, we define a lifestyle and we're okay with the lifestyle right. of which we're worth. That's right. Um, and at the time, you know, for me, when I got sober, this esteem, I was a, devoid of any sort of esteem. And so I was comfortable in my misery. Mm. And everybody around me is like, but there's this thing and you have this potential and there's this opportunity and I just couldn't see it. Mm -mm. And it's like one of those situations in recovery and it's, I come around at every corner and even with 13 years now, Mm -hmm. I'm like, I gotta get up on this step to be like, oh shit, there's that other problem. Mm -hmm. Or there's that solution that I could have never seen or integrated otherwise. And Mm -hmm. I think what it takes oftentimes and to your story's credit is it, it takes a tremendous amount of trust. Yeah. Right. I got to believe in the journey you're describing. I got to believe in the hope you're describing. I got to believe in the walk you're describing. And so I have to have great people around me um, that I can trust. And it sounds like in your experience that there was a few people, um, mm-hmm. specifically Kara and Rachel and yeah. some others that wrapped around you that you believed in. I did. And that you trusted. Right. Um, and that creates a lot of safety. And when we can get safe, you know, we can move through and we get outcomes yeah. um, that you walked through. Uh, and, and Jason. Yeah. yeah, we had a lot of weird on-the-fly sessions. I don't know. He did. I don't he know what you call really, that. Yeah. You know, and that was so, it, like, thinking back on it, it was like, it's on my time. You know, we're going to do this when I want and, and whatever. And there was one it's time where he pulled, me, he pulled me in to his office, and I was just direct. I don't know what was going on. Sure. It was just chaos, you yeah. know, just emotional chaos. And he didn't say really anything to me, but he sat, we sat there for a long time, and he said, you want some cake? I was like, what? And he, and he just brings in a piece. It was someone's birthday, and you yeah. brought me a piece of cake. We just sat there and regulated for, like, <laughs> I don't know, too long, long time, yeah. long enough, you know? And, and that was meaningful. And a lot of the, the most meaningful stuff is happening in, in seemingly meaningless exchanges, mm. you know, or very mundane exchanges, mm-hmm. and that's, that's powerful. And when I think back to my experience at Peaks, all of the really, the big ones that stick was not always what was happening in my treatment planning or was mm-hmm. not always, it was what was happening in life, mm-hmm. my life there, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah, lots of opportunities. And there are opportunities all the time to connect with someone, all yeah. the time. Well, I, I appreciate you sharing that story about the cake and I do remember that. And I, I <laughs> should you have some cake? Yeah. yeah. Did you? I okay, cool. Yeah, sure. You got to yeah, bring bread. Yeah. You can't just bring it and watch somebody you. eat. Um, <laughs> but I do, I, I do think, Madeline, as I, I, 
when I think about you too, I think of, well, a hut trip you did and, and you led a meditation that um, I still find to be really profound, honestly, and I still contemplate it um, from time to time. But I do think um, at your graduation when I told you too that um, you, there's like a path through this recovery program and you took no steps on it. Like you wandered around and meandered around and did it the Madeline way, but you, you did it. Right. Um, and you ended where you needed to end and you had to do it the Madeline way. Um, and I think to your point, like um, peaks, I think, you know, we've had to change a lot with, mm-hmm. with COVID and, and just with um, the market and all that. Like our program isn't necessarily identical to what it was as far as length of stay or what it all looked like um, and, and some of the things we did. However, I think we've, we've worked really diligently to carry our heart through all mm-hmm. of it. If the, soul, if the soul was not the same, um, I don't think I could have come back yeah. and worked mm-hmm. here. I, needed, I had to feel it out, and guess what? It was the same. Mm-hmm. It was the same. You walk in the door, you can feel, you can feel the, the energy. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And Jason, what you're saying about it's not always point A to point B, that's so important, mm-hmm. and that's why I'm so passionate about the admissions piece too, because everybody that walks in the door, their treatment's gonna look different. Yeah. It's not gonna be the same. Mm-hmm. And I love that we actually have the ability to honor that, mm-hmm. yeah. that everybody gets a different experience because their needs are different. Yeah. Yeah. And that's cool to be able to say it, but then it gets delivered. Mm-hmm. It's a big deal. Well, I think, I think we've talked about it on Finding Peaks, but I wanna, I, I'm reminded of it again as you're talking about it, that like so much of doing good work with people doesn't occur at formal appointments. Some of yeah. it does, mm-hmm. those are important. <laughs> it's um, but it is those between moments of yeah. being a human and, and giving you an inhaler when you're expected, <laughs> when you're expecting shame or like guilt or whatever, and just showing up and being a human and, and uh, having a, a piece of cake with somebody, even if it's in quiet, mm-hmm. um, just to regulate. I think that that's, I think, the piece that I think we've had to be really careful to kind of make sure that we don't lose mm-hmm. as we've grown and expanded and and walked through uh, the last few years. Like I think it's been really important um, that that part maintains. Mm-hmm. And I and um, and I think that goes all the way back, Chris, to when you started Peaks too. Of like, this wasn't necessarily centered around clinical aspirations. This mm-hmm. was centered around just helping people who were suffering. Right. And um, and I think we've done a great job of building a clinical and medical program around that. Mm-hmm. But it is still that heart I think that has been so important. Yeah, and I think also too to your point is like even when I think back to 2014, 2015, and 2016, one of my big pressing issues, especially with the young women in programming and the men were like, we need to be of service to vulnerable people. And we need to make sure, you know, the most vulnerable person is the guy that's walking through the door. Mm-hmm. And I used to have a rule that if, if that family gets out of the car and grabs their bags before everyone in this house, we're all done. We're not doing the, the family activity this weekend. We're just gonna go to AA. We're not gonna do it because it's so important. And that was in 2014 and 2015. Mm-hmm. And that's what we really lived in. I think in 2021, we actually do that better. Mm-hmm. Um, we are so connected, and the care that we're bringing out to that client's car, for lack of a better term, is so much more broad, so much more integrated, and so much more intentional. Yeah. With our CCAs being trained in mental health, with our CCAs doing peer recovery coaching, mm-hmm. with a lot of the stuff we have now, the, the connective tissue, I'll call it, mm-hmm. 
um, is stronger than ever in my experience. And I'm, I keep thinking of the, the story in that book, What Happened to You, and when mm. she was defining those small, meaningful moments with her mom. Yeah. And this was a young person who had done a lot of really cool stuff. And they said, what's the one thing you remember about mom? And she's like, eating Cheerios with mom at night. Totally. Yeah. And yep. 15 minutes, I eat Cheerios with mom at night, and that's what I remember? Mm-hmm. Man, and that's the story of Peaks, is these small, meaningful, mm-hmm. magical moments where we really can connect, and that's what I believe the whole industry is missing. <laughs> well, I think, well yeah. look, at, look at what you remember. It isn't, yeah. I mean, we planned groups. We had all kinds yeah. of clinical interventions yeah. that you planned. And it was stupid cake stupid in an cake. office. It yeah. just was. That's, yeah. I'm sticking to that. No, but it, I, I think it, it just shows how important every interaction is. Mm-hmm. And, and really, um, you can't fake that stuff either. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did want to tie this into you and how it informs your role mm-hmm. on admissions. If you get a call from you know, a loved one of somebody who is struggling in addiction, how do you find those moments with them or what are you looking for as you're talking to them? Sit first, solve later. Sit first, solve later. We don't have to. I know it, the solution. <laughs> right? Right. I know, I love I've that. lived it, I've been yeah. there, I get it. Mm-hmm. But sit first. And that's hard for me. Yeah. I'm so passionate about where yeah. we can go with this. Sometimes I start at the wrong end. Mm-hmm. And, and I've had families politely but respectfully <laughs> back me up mm-hmm. to, to what they're actually dealing with right now. Mm-hmm. And kind of ease me into that. And then I get a chance to sit first, and then we can, we can solve afterwards. Mm. That's important. Yeah. Do, do you have an example of that? Like when you sat with somebody, obviously without sharing too much specific, but like, do you have an example of when you've had to slow down and sit with a family? Mm. Well, actually, I was, as you're thinking of that, I was just sitting um, with somebody else in the admissions department like two hours ago, mm. and they were telling me how... Um, just an empathic statement of like, she had gotten a call and just said, the family explained the situation and, and this person really genuinely just said, well, that sounds really hard. Yeah. And the family stopped for a second and was like, nobody's asked me that. Right. Or nobody's said that to me. No. Nobody's found that. And, and this is about them, right? They're like, yeah. no, no, you misunderstand. This isn't about the family. This is about them. It's their problem and I'm gonna just suffer through it. Yeah. And, we got to slow that down. Mm. What, what has this actually been like for you? And be willing to sit with the answer. Because mm-hmm. sometimes it's hard. Yeah. And, it's, and it's ugly, mm-hmm. you know, and it's tough. But even to be asked that, it, it takes people off guard, mm-hmm. you know? And then they have to think, oh, what has this been like for me, <laughs> you know? And that's where family programming is so important, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, sounds like that's been hard. Please come. Mm-hmm. Come to this thing, come, right. and it's not about them and their right. process. It's not about we don't care what Joe used to. You right. know? What about you? Yeah. And that and that's important because if that system doesn't heal, mm-hmm. and and family and their you know their, their loved one is reunited and it's not at least supported or wrapped around or healed in some way, I just don't think it's as successful. Mm-hmm. So that's also exciting to be able to offer the family piece. That's yeah. a big deal. Yeah. Most definitely. Yeah, offering that family piece absent of the individual. Totally separate. He's Doesn't doing, he he's and good. she, they're doing their thing. <laughs> he's eating no. cake. Yeah, he's you eating know cake. He's fine. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's going to have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. He's got mm-hmm. a team wrapped around him. Yep. And that's what I love really with Peaks, differently than other programs that I work for, and differently than what we've done in the past with Peaks, is we have this family curriculum that just runs alongside 
the client's curriculum as well. And so to your point, when a client gets out of care, there's not this huge communication gap. It's actually integrated within yep. the family system. And now we can begin to communicate in a more appropriate way. And it really starts to build the building blocks of that foundation for the family system. And to sit down there on campus with these young guys and mature adults and young women and to, to watch them light up when they hear that my family's doing their therapy yeah. Yeah. and going to their groups and sure. doing their six-week thing, I mean, they're almost brought to tears just as a result of their willingness to engage in the process with them. Yeah. So it's a really beautiful thing. Absolutely. I think this is my last question for you, Madeline, but I, I was wondering what, um, if, if there are some families that are watching this and they haven't had the courage to call maybe a program or an admissions line, um, is there anything you can offer them as they are trying to figure out what to do with a loved one who's suffering with mental health or substance mm -hmm. use? Call me. I mean, obviously, that's why, <laughs> call, you know, call me. me. And, and sometimes it's, it can start with the conversations. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it, we don't get resolution. Yeah. There is no solution. They're not coming. You know, and that happens. And, and I personally have engaged in these relationships with someone weeks, sometimes months. Mm -hmm. and, we, and we just talk. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they come, sometimes they don't. Mm -hmm. And it, it's still valuable. Mm -hmm. It still matters. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, I love that because that's, that's everything for me. It's like that seed gets planted. Yep. There was this person that held space for me. I called Peaks Recovery. She sat there for 30 minutes, didn't sell me on anything. Nope. I called back two weeks later. She sat there for 30 minutes, didn't sell me on anything. That's that seed because mm -hmm. ultimately when the time comes where the willingness occurs, they're going to call you directly. That's right. And that, that's, that's a beautiful thing. And that's, that's what we've always said on the admissions line with Peaks Recovery. And Brandon's been a huge component of this. He's like, we don't care if it's Medicare Medicaid. You sit with these people. Mm -hmm. You find them a resource. Mm -hmm. Um, because they're calling because they need one. And so I think that's something that we do really special and just yeah. draws right back into that caring recovery and the idea that nobody cares what you know until they know that you care. And I, I do think it's important to note, to note that we're actually, like as admission specialists, given the space to do that. Yeah. And I've seen both sides of that. <laughs> if it's not qualified, Jimmy's not coming in today, right. move along, mm -hmm. move along, push him off the phone, right? I, I've had my supervisor, Erin, who unfortunately could not be here today. Um, she's told me, stay on the call. I've got your back. An hour goes by. <laughs> two hours goes by. And then the wraparound. How was that? Are you okay? How, how did that go? Wow. Do you feel okay about that? Great call. I don't know. I'm never seeing that person. We're never going to see that person. Right. Great call. Mm. That's huge. That is huge. That's pretty cool. I didn't even know that. I kind of got chills. I didn't know that either. Sure. That... That's great. Yeah. Y'all are how we roll. badass team. Best admissions team I've ever seen. Not even close. Let me know who's second. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Um, I, I, I can't think of a better place to end other than on that. I, I really appreciate you kind of last minute joining us sure. today. I really yeah. appreciated it. And um, I really... Uh, I love the heart of your story. And, and I want to say this... This is, you, you know, we've had Angela on here. You're on here now. Like, this is who answers our phones. Right. And, um, and it isn't about hurrying people through a process either. I've listened to some of those calls, too, and they, they are they're powerful. Mm -hmm. um, um, and, I, and I love that just dialing Peaks' number means that we do care right mm -hmm. out the gate. Yeah. So yeah. Um, with that, I think we'll, we'll go ahead and sign off. I invite anybody watching to... Uh, Follow us on uh, Instagram, probably, Facebook, Spotify, 
uh, wherever you get your podcast. That's how I choose to watch these so or listen to these. So anyway, that's it. Have a great uh, rest of your day.